When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week. It's uh, We're heading into, God, I can't even keep track anymore. Are we into the seventh or eighth week now of this pandemic? But nonetheless, you know, people I've been talking to are in high spirits, and we hope that you are as well. Again, util- utilizing this time to really reset your success foundation, as we like to call it here at Sustainable Success, that when we start to move forward again to the new normal that you, again, have the tools, resources, and more importantly, the growth mindset to move forward towards your the results that you seek, embracing the process. Our show today is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also helping to create interdependent, or excuse me, interdependent family structures free from limited beliefs and helping uh, parents to be better examples for their children to grow into our future leaders in our homes, communities, and our businesses. In addition, Empowered Fathers in Action is also just partnered with Dream Smart Academy. So again, you might want to check them out at dreamsmartacademy.com, and you can find out more information about EFA, Empowered Fathers in Action, at efamovement.org. If you are new to Sustainable Success, again, you found us here at the Voice American Influencers channel. You could also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Feel free to stop by and uh, check out so many of the past shows that we had with many great guests. You'll find a wealth of information in terms of contextual content that could help you, especially during this transition, during this time, personally and in your business. We have a great show today. Uh, we have our guest here, Evan Burke. And before I introduce him, I'm going to talk about what we're going to be talking about, including a background about Evan. The title that we're going to be discussing today is Persistence, Perseverance, and the Power of Networking. And a little bit of background about Evan. Evan is a program director at Athlete Soul, a nonprofit organization supporting retiring retired athletes through their career transition, where he oversees the development and management of the athlete education and transition programs. Prior to Athlete Soul, um, uh, Evan spent 12 years as an NFL and college football coach working for teams such as the Miami Dolphins, Go Dolphins, my team, UCLA and SMU. He also utilizes his leadership and communication skills to help organizations push elite performers to their highest level and create high-performing teams. As a speaker and leadership coach, Evan has worked with a variety of organizations, including Fortune 500 companies, sport governing bodies, and professional e-sport teams, empowering them to create positive and effective corporate cultures. Evan received his BA in business management from the University of Colorado and has his master's degree from Southern Methodist University and currently resides in Santa Monica, California. And without further ado, we welcome Evan Burke to the show. How are you doing, Evan? Doing great, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. You know, we, you and I had met for the first time, you know, out in California. We were at an event called City Summit uh, back in uh, the LA area. And, you know, I, I happened to be interviewing some of the 
the guests that were there, it was kind of like a, like a satellite radio show we had going on there. And you, we just happened to just meet and just clicked in terms of our interest in sports and mindset and, and growth and performance that, uh, you know, we, we, we ended up doing a show right there on the spot and it just went over so well. And I said, God, I got to get Evan back on the show here again. And I'm so looking forward today with you sharing your wisdom and insight from experience about this topic called persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking. So what I would like to ask, you know, and this would be probably of interest also to the audience, Evan, talk about, you know, persistence, you know, especially even now in, you know, what everyone's going through since this, this, you know, global pandemic is affecting everyone. Why is persistence so important from your perspective, you know, based upon your experience? Yeah, I think when we're talking about persistence, I mean, really what we're talking about in my mind is a process. And, you know, persistence is obviously getting knocked down, getting back up. Uh, and, and really kind of, I think right now where this persistence can really be, you know, kind of at the forefront is uh, trying to connect with people and, and potentially trying to get jobs. And I think when we're talking about networking and we're talking about, trying to access, whether it's a VIP, a CEO, or maybe you're just trying to find a company to work for. I think that, you know, understanding that you send out a hundred messages or a hundred cold calls, you're probably not going to get 80 to 90 uh, responses. It's probably going to be closer to eight or nine uh, if you're really lucky. So just kind of having that mindset and understanding that it is a process of getting in front of people and trying to have those conversations right now. No, it's so true. And I mean, I mean, think about the, I mean, I think there's been more networking than ever. I mean, granted, a lot of times people do this when they go to events, like how you and I met at that event and there was a lot of networking going on. And, but now with the Zoom, I mean, it's just been amazing. So it just gives people access to more people to network in a shorter period of time. You don't have to travel, you don't have to get in a car, in a plane and all that. So it's so that is so important. So talk about, you know, again, you know, why, you know, this is so important, you know, especially when people are making transitions in their life, like people are going to be making transitions now where they are, maybe into a new career, maybe they've been downsized or uh, let go and they have to maybe look at becoming an entrepreneur. You made a big transition. You went from a transition from a coach, like a coach for, you know, doing, you know, football to what you do today. So talk about that, that, that importance of, you know, all these things, persistence, perseverance, power of networking when it comes to that transition. Yeah, sure thing. And, and you you mentioned Zoom calls a second ago. I think, you know, hopefully one of the things to come out of this is maybe more Zoom calls. I don't know how you feel about that personally, Chris, (laughs) but, um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed kind of avoiding some of the LA traffic scenarios that uh, are sometimes (laughs) presented um, for some of these meetings. But um, yeah, you know, I think especially right now, um, one of the, one of the really important things and anybody going through a transition is number one, kind of defining what it is that you want and figuring that out. And you don't have to have that immediately. So in my case, it was, having a, a, a career for 12 years where I was coaching in the NFL and in college football and had a moment and just kind of decided that that was no longer the path I wanted to be on. But in all honesty, making the decision to leave coaching was one decision and, and knowing where I was headed or what the next venture was going to be was a complete 
<laughs> it was a complete other uh, thing that I had to figure out on my own. So I think number one is defining what it is that you want. And I really think for me, my failures, especially right after I left football coaching, uh, were incredibly important learning experiences. And you talked about mm. growth mindset a moment ago. Yeah. And I think that that's just so important. And um, again, understanding that it's a process, you don't have to have the answers right when you're going into your transition. You may, you may think you do, um, but I think it's really important to kind of fail and, and try new things and, and obviously learn from those experiences and those failures. Um, and then you were kind of hitting on it a moment ago as well, meeting new people. So having the ability to learn from new people, for instance, when I did get into the esports space, I didn't know anybody in esports. I didn't honestly know what esports was, but my mentality was, okay, well, I can read articles about it all day long, but I want to actually talk to the people that are in this world, that are executives, that are coaches, that are owners. And so it really was a six-month learning process from February 1st, 2018, when somebody had first recommended I explore esports to me actually signing on with a professional team. Uh, and like we were talking a moment ago, that's a lot of unanswered cold emails, that's a lot of unanswered LinkedIn messages, but you're yeah. looking for the people that are looking. So the people that are willing to meet with you, whether it's a 15-minute coffee or maybe it's an hour-long Zoom call, um, I, I think that's what you're looking for. And again, learning from them. This is my background. I used to be an NFL and college football coach. Does the things that I want to do related to leadership development work in esports. And I found out that it was and created a program based on those conversations. And that led me directly into working in the professional esports space. So again, I think defining what you want, having the ability to fail and, and learn from those failures and then meeting new people, uh, just so incredibly important. I know in, in the success that I've been fortunate enough to experience. And I think the advice that I would give others looking to transition. Wow, that that is definitely true. And I and you, you talked about you know the you know the you know failure or making a mistake. You know that's part of the process. And I think what holds people back from transition, and I'd like you to elaborate on this because I know you just hit it right on the mark, is that everyone thinks they have to have all the answers. Because you alluded to that, like they have to have. It's like they want to control what they don't know or what they don't have right now. So it's like, I know this or I have this, but I don't know what else is needed or I don't have it actually in my hands to move forward. So they, they, they procrastinate or they don't you know, meet somebody new. They don't take a chance. They, they kind of get stuck like they're in cement. So talk about the importance of when you talk about the process that it's okay to control what you can and let go of the rest and trust the process that whatever is required will come in time like a puzzle piece coming together to complete the puzzle. Yeah, and I think that this is hard. This is not yeah. easy. It's not easy no. to make a transition. Not easy no. to make a transition and then not know what you're doing and not have the answers <laughs> immediately. Um that's definitely had my moments where I was questioning myself. And I think we all go through that. I think that's very common. I think, number one, understanding that that's common and other people are going through this, uh, which is why I think the power of networking and, and having a strong inner circle um, is really important because they're the ones that can kind of guide you 
along the way and let you know, oh, I experienced this as well. <laughs> don't, don't panic. Everything is okay. And um, I, I just really think that, you know, when it comes to failures specifically, uh, like we were saying, it is not easy. But I think if you can kind of in the moment or shortly thereafter have the ability to reflect and say, okay, what did I not like about this situation? Uh, as an example, in that first two years of leaving coaching, I had a business that I started that I thought I was ultra passionate about. And once I actually started doing it, I kind of figured out that it wasn't really my passion. And I, I liked doing it. I could do it easily, but it wasn't something that really fired me up. And after six, eight months, it was kind of like, okay, well, if I'm not really fired up about this, um, you know, maybe it's time to explore something new. And this was the first six, eight months after I left coaching. So um, yeah. it's, it's hard, especially when you start something on your own to kind of recognize that like, oh, I've spent all this time and effort building this up to be something. And maybe it's not quite what I imagined it to be six, eight months ago. And I think that's okay because those experiences are going to directly lead you to the next one. I know that kind of that's very cliche. And of course your experiences are going to lead you to the next one. But I think also having the ability to reflect and learn from those experiences directly influences the direction that you're going. No, it's so true. And, and you made a, another great point when you talked about when you left coaching and you got into this business, you know, you felt like, hey, I can do this. You felt, you know, at the time felt right. But then you realized after a short period of time that this wasn't a passion. It, it was like you got up and it wasn't getting any you know, better in terms of like, hey, I, I, I really feel it like it gets me out of the out of my bed in the morning. You know, it began to feel like, well, this is just another job, you know, in terms of what you were doing. And sometimes we need to have those experiences. It's like that, like that stepping stone. Like, you know, when it's kind of like when somebody breaks, you know, you know, they have a failed marriage or they've been with somebody for a long time and then they meet somebody else. And that person is that transition to meeting someone else that ends up becoming, you know, the better connection, so to speak. And you illustrated that so well, uh, you know, and it's so true. I can speak from experience <laughs> With that, and I've been through that more than once, and and it's so true. So you know, talk about you know what are some of the things that you can recommend? You know, here we got about you know four minutes to the to the break, and we could always continue after. Evan, talk about a little bit about you know you know your experience in your process that you went you know you went about to get this done. You know, in terms of where you were and where you are in that. You know, anything that you could recommend what people can do that are going through this. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think going back to kind of what I was saying a moment ago, I think that understanding that it's a process yep. and trying to figure out what it is that really interests you or kind of like, you know, again, where does this all lead? What is the mountaintop? And so I use something in my coaching career that I refer to as the North Star. And my North Star, when I was coaching football was to be the head coach at the University of Colorado. And that drove every decision. It did not necessarily make my life easy, but it made my life very simple. Do I take this job? Well, if it gets me closer to my North Star, if it gets me closer to the mountaintop, yes, I want to take this job 100%. And I lost that passion and I lost that North Star in coaching throughout my 12 years. And no longer did I have that passion to keep grinding and keep kind of on this difficult coaching path. And I think that was one of the important things for me coming out of that uh, transition and kind of figuring out what was next is 
really having the ability to discover a new North Star. And I think that that did not happen immediately. And I think people just understanding that, you know, it is a great time in the moment of a transition to really try new things and really explore new things. My life was so regimented and routine as a football coach. And really, you don't really experience a whole lot of the outside world. Um, you know, I remember when I left coaching, the first two weeks I had heard of this game, this uh, show called Game of Thrones. I had never seen it because, like, I was, <laughs> if it didn't have to do with college or NFL football, I didn't know about it. And so I think just having the ability to like actually experience new things, whether it's in culture or whether it's, you know, in your profession or, or whether it's something that you're very interested in um, it is really important. And that was really crucial for me was kind of exploring things that were outside of what I had known for the last 12 years. And that direct me, that directly led me to the leadership coaching, the speaking, wanting to have a real impact on the people that I was working with. Yeah. No, it's so it's true. I mean, you began to see through this process, like all the, you know, the, the skills that you, you had inherited, you know, while coaching, you know, it, it also to your core values that you got more in touch with, and then really how you could now reapply that in a different situation here. And knowing that, you know, and, and that's what I love about football, you know, football, you can, everything you can learn in football, that could be transferred in so many different areas, especially in business. That's what I love about it. I use football analogies all the time when I'm doing trainings. 100%. So, yeah, we got about a less than a couple minutes, but just talk about like, just real, we can elaborate just, uh, just briefly for about a minute and a half, just the, again, you know, the importance of what, the ability to transfer those skills that you possessed when you were coaching football and how you were able to, you know, quickly, you know, be able to apply it to where you are now. Sure. And I, I think that I needed help doing this initially. Um, I, I had somebody that I was working with a coach who really helped identify these for me and the work that I'm doing now with athlete soul, helping athletes through that transition through their retirement, this is one of the key pieces of the transition for any athlete and really anybody going through a transition is recognizing that even though you may be entering into a different profession or you may be doing something completely different, you learned a lot of transferable skills in that world that you previously existed in. So for me in coaching, I remember I was going out for a sales yep. job about eight, eight months after yep. my coaching career. And it was just kind of like, uh, I didn't think I had any sales experience. And my, my coach at the time was like, actually, you've had 12 years of yeah. sales experience. You had, you had to sell and your ideas to, to, the, uh, to the people you were coaching. And when you were a quarterback coach, especially the, the main position on that team. Well, but we got yeah. to go to break. But I want to you know, uh, follow up on where we left off there, you know, because I think it's such an important area. Again, you're listening to uh, Evan Burke. He's the program director at Athletes Soul, a nonprofit organization supporting retiring, retired athletes through their career transition. And uh, we're talking about persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. 
Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back. Yeah, we're talking about persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking. We're here with Evan Burke, again, a former NFL position coach and now the program director at Athlete Soul, a nonprofit organization supporting retiring and retired athletes through their career transition. Again, if you're just joining us, you can listen to this show in its entirety later today, which will be on demand. Check us out here at Voice America Influencers Channel or on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. So, you know, we just had finished up, Evan, and we were talking about, you know, skills and certain values and how those could be transferred, you know, over, you know, from where you were as a coach to where you are today in helping athletes and, you know, from, in, in, in among companies as well that you coach. But, I, you know, let's do a kind of a deeper dive. You know, you know, you were you went from being a fourth grade fo- football coach, coaching fourth graders to the NFL in a very short period of time, and I think a lot of people would be would love to hear that story because it. it I've always, I know when you told it to me back in February, I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" and and I'd love to hear it again, and, and our audience would absolutely would do so as well. Sure thing, yeah, and I think one of the important things is to understand that that was definitely a process, and um, I, you know, you mentioned a moment ago, kind of like people not knowing what they don't know, and I think that was definitely case, but, you know, we were talking about transferable skills. I think hard work and, and perseverance was really vital. And I think initially, uh, I talked a moment ago about kind of defining what it is you want. And when I was 19, I already knew, like, I wanted to be the head coach at the University of Colorado. I wanted to be the head coach at the Dallas Cowboys. I knew I wanted to be a coach, but I didn't know where to start. And I wasn't a college football player And in my mind, I was like, well, I just need to start. And so that started with me approaching the Boulder Rec Center in Boulder, Colorado. I coached a fourth grade tackle football team. Uh, Not exactly the best season. We were 0-6, but we did have a killer pizza party, which if you know anything about fourth grade football, really is the most important thing. Uh, so, so that was really a great experience. And that led me to coaching high school in Boulder the last few years that I was in school there and um, progressed to getting a job at SMU, 
where, um, you know, where I started my college football career after I graduated college. And one of the interesting things about that was I had written letters to every school in the nation, every Division One and Division One A school in the nation. I had gotten, so that was probably 150 letters. I got one response, and I was going back to Dallas, where my family lives and where I'm from, and I had cold-called the offices at those football programs to ask if I could have a meeting in follow-up of my letter. And uh, two of the programs were very clear that I was not welcome to come up there and meet with them. But one was, was very welcoming, and that was uh, Gary Hyatt, who was the director of football operations at SMU. I went back to Dallas. I drove up to the, the campus one day, I met with him and he told me about a position they had. It was going to be volunteer. You were going to have to be there seven days a week. You were going to have to pass out Chick-fil-A's. You were going to be involved with the coaching staff. And I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard, uh, but they weren't hiring. And so that kind of led me to go back to Boulder where I was living and really didn't have a plan. I was still reaching out to other schools, but I kept calling Coach Hyatt every two weeks. Hey, Coach Hyatt, this is Evan Burke from Boulder. I met with you four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, what's up, Evan? Yeah, just curious if that Chick-fil-A passer outer job has been filled yet. No, we're focused on this. Okay, great, I'll follow up in a couple weeks. And I just kept calling him literally for three or four months. And uh, at one point, I had gotten two job offers. One was a volunteer college opportunity, and one was an opportunity at a high school. He was the only Division I coach who I'd ever spoken to. So I called him up one day. I asked him if the position was open. He told me that they were focused on something else and to, to try back later. And I just said, hey, Coach Hyatt, you know, I'm, I want to be a Division I college football coach. I, you're the only Division I coach I know. I have these two job offers. Which job offer do you think I should take? And he informed me that if I wanted to be a college coach, I should take the college coaching position for, volu- for no money for, to volunteer. And uh, I thanked him for his time, and I wished him the best. And he goes, hey, when are you coming back to Dallas? And uh, it just so happened to be I was returning in like three weeks. He said, you should come up here on the Friday you get back, and we'll meet. And, um, you know, like a typical 22-year-old, I show up in like cargo shorts and like the most dirty skater shoes you can imagine and uh, <laughs> not, not prepared for an interview. I thought we were just chatting. And uh, as soon as I got there, he walked me in the head coach's office and, um, you know, they offered me the job. So really interesting how just kind of continuing to, I guess, for lack of a better term, poke him on the shoulder and let him know I was still interested and, and, and keep asking um, was really vital to me getting that first opportunity at SMU. Well, you talk about perseverance. That's perseverance. And, you know, again, you, you, he, you caught his ear based upon, you know, your, your heart, your commitment, someone that, you know, that was following up consistently. Not that you were like calling him every day or something like that, but again, you were persistent on an ongoing basis keeping in touch with him. And, there's something to be said in football that, you know, you know, championship teams are won, you know, through the heart and those that, you know, it's not always the, you know, the talent in itself, it's, it's the heart. And, you know, I, before they could see your talent, they had to see your heart and that's what, what they did here. And that's what I admired about that story, but keep going. Sorry. Cause I know this, this story evolves even further. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was that was a really fantastic opportunity. I'm from Dallas. I grew up five minutes from SMU. So it was really special for me and, you know, was able to stay on the staff there for four years and get promoted every year and actually survive a coaching change. And for those out there that aren't familiar with college or pro athletics, it's very rare for a coach to be able to stay on to the next staff after a staff either leaves to go to another school or is fired. So was really fortunate to kind of like stay on and get promoted by the next staff. And um, after four years there, I, you know, it was kind of the end of my time. I was uh, finishing my master's program and I made the decision that I was going to turn my attention to getting an NFL job. And one of the things about this was I didn't actually know anybody in the NFL. I had worked for uh, a high school team when I was in Boulder, and I had worked for the SMU staff. And so what I had done is I had kind of like crafted in my mind, okay, I don't know anybody in the NFL. How am I going to access these people? So in pro and college coaching, I would probably say 95% of coaches either played college or pro ball or have a dad or a family member that is a coach or an executive at the NFL level. And I didn't have either of those things. And so what was I going to do to set myself apart? And you mentioned it a moment ago, kind of how do you, how do you get somebody to understand what your heart is or what you're about without meeting you or without knowing anybody that knows you? So what I did was after I made the decision, I was going to go 100% into trying to pursue an NFL job. I made a spreadsheet. So I made two spreadsheets. I had one that was my network. This probably consisted of like 15 coaches that had coached in college and in, in, in the NFL. And uh, I had listed out every place that these coaches had coached from 1970 to 2009. So it was on a spreadsheet. And then what I had done is I made a separate spreadsheet and it had every coach, executive, and employee of every NFL team. And so what I had done is then I was cross-referencing the people in my network where they had coached with all of the employees of the NFL. And everywhere that there was a, common, uh, a commonality or a crossover, I wrote that coach a handwritten letter. And I, this probably amounted to 450 to 500 handwritten letters that I was writing to employees of the NFL or coaches not asking them for a job, but just expressing my interest in a job and wanting to meet them or have a phone call. And uh, this, this letter writing campaign resulted in, I think, 12 responses. And um, so that can be a little daunting when you're going through it. You're spending all this time. You're, you're being very meticulous in your handwritten notes. I'm doing everything I can to set myself apart, and you're not getting really any type of traction. But an interesting thing happened, and I have a cousin who lives, who at the time lived with a roommate whose brother worked for the Miami Dolphins. So try and follow me here, Chris. Um, You've got uh, my ears. I'm a Dolphin fan. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to the Senior Bowl that year, and the Senior Bowl is kind of like high school quote unquote high school for the for NFL coaches and fraternity. If you're not in the clique in high school, you're gonna feel very left out. I definitely felt left out. I didn't know a single soul there. It was a very interesting experience and everybody is acting like they're best friends. But the first day of the senior bowl they have a weigh in. So it's a huge ballroom and they bring all of the NFL players that are at that all star game at the senior bowl in 
in just their underwear, and they basically do kind of like a, you know, they weigh them, they take their measurements, they call it out in front of everybody. You can hear the oohs and ahs. It's a very intimidating experience. And so I showed up early. I walked up to the first person I saw that had a Miami Dolphins jacket on. And I walked up. I said, hi, I'm, I'm Evan Burke. Uh, I'm looking for Matt Winston. He works for the Dolphins. And I see you have a Dolphin shirt on. Do you know Matt? And he was like, I'm Matt Winston. So I was like, hey, my cousin lives with your brother in Houston. And I did this whole thing. He was very nice. We probably spent 10 minutes talking to each other. I expressed that I was looking for a job. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be around. Like, say hi when you can. And, you know, happy to help you any way I can. Well, after the Senior Bowl, uh, go, back to, go back to SMU. And probably about a month later, one of my handwritten notes hits. And I get a call from the Miami Dolphins, and they interview me, uh, and I thought I did a really good job in the interview, and they said, hey, we haven't made a decision. It's probably going to be in the next two to three weeks, so just sit tight. And I was so excited, Chris. I mean, this is an NFL team. It was in kind of my top ten list of, of organizations I wanted to work for, obviously. And I got a little antsy like a weekend. And I hadn't talked to Matt aside from my follow-up letter that I had sent him uh, after the senior bowl. And so I called him and, you know, he picks up the phone. Who's this? Hi, this is Evan Burke, Matt. We met at the senior bowl. Oh yeah. What's up? Yeah. So I interviewed with the dolphins last week and they said they were going to get back to me, but you know, I just wanted to call you and let you know that I was still interested in this job. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe you can like say something to express my interest to this person I interviewed with. And he was just kind of like, uh, okay. And I don't, it was maybe my perception, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I totally screwed this up. Uh, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have made that call. That was weird. I don't really know this guy. Um, and then 24 hours later, I got the call from Miami uh, offering me the job. So uh, wow. really interesting how, you know, in that moment, I was like so down on myself for, for screwing up this, this potential relationship. And uh, um, turns out that that Matt had gone to the person I interviewed with, said he had met me, um, uh, vouched for me, and that ended up getting me my job uh, at, at the NFL level. But it was definitely a process. It was not something where I just started reaching out to people and people were making calls for me. I had to make the decision. I wanted to go to the NFL. I made the spreadsheet, so I was very methodical and um, intentional about the people I was reaching out to. I did my best to set myself apart with the handwritten letters and then Obviously, the follow-up was huge as well. So um, I know that was a lot that kind of went into that one moment of, of meeting that oh. scout at the Senior Bowl or getting that call. But uh, suffice it to say, I was on cloud nine getting that call that day. I, I could imagine. I mean, and you just, I mean, like I said, I mean, we're, we're talking about persistence and perseverance and the power of networking here. And that just illustrates that to a T. Because you think about it, when you really want something, you're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And, you know, and not only that, you were you not only being persistent, but you were patient. And that when we say patience, not like you just waited for things to happen. Of course, you you made that you made that effort, but like you you weren't pushing it. And maybe at the end, like you said, well, God, I called Matt and you know, maybe he, he kind of remembered me, but did I, you know, did I, you know, did I throw him off and now I've ruined my chances? And in essence, that was like, that call was the, that defining moment 
that ended up working out really to push, you know, push it forward in your favor. So I, I think it's such a wonderful story. And, you know, a lot of people that are listening, you know, maybe they have similar, you know, uh, dreams and wishes, but yet haven't maybe embraced the process to go about doing it. Maybe that, again, what we talked about earlier in the first segment, holding them back. So again, just, you know, kind of summarize if you can, Evan, you know, that what you talked about in the story, just your process that somebody can, can take from this and, you know, relate it to their situation, what they're going through, that they can take those initiatives. Yeah. And I think we have a couple, we have a couple really minutes. Helped. We have two minutes to less than two minutes. If you could do that, like a minute and a half. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I think like one of the things is like, I was borrowing from others, other places. I, I think that I had heard like either an interview or somebody on television talking about something that was similar to that process. It wasn't necessarily a coach told me to write all those handwritten letters or told me to kind of cross-reference my network. Um, and, and so I think borrowing ideas from other places. And, and again, going back to what we were talking about earlier in the previous segment, uh, the pivot or the transition, it's not a moment. It is a process. And I think just kind of understanding where you want to go and then having the flexibility and, and the ability to midstream adjust along the way to get to that mountaintop, to get to where you want to go is just so crucial in terms of defining and then putting yourself on that path to getting to where you eventually want to get to. That's mm. yeah, absolutely so true. So true. And I, again, I love hearing stories like that. And everybody, you know, has a story and in some cases has been, you know, perhaps resilient in their lives, but maybe don't realize it. it's just kind of tapping back into that time and then just looking at what you can do right now in this moment. If somebody's lost their job or, you know, now it looks like you're going to have to go on your own. You're going, you went, you went from working for someone to now maybe starting your own business, you know, use this time, use it effectively, just trust the process and do what you can in the moment. And you illustrated that so well. So, so well in this, in this transition, you know, again, going from a fourth grade football coach with a zero and six record to being in the NFL in you know, in a six year period. I mean, just amazing, amazing, amazing. So again, you're, you're listening to uh, Evan Burke. We got more to come with Evan. Uh, we have to go to break again. We're talking about persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome. If you're just joining us again, we're talking about persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking with Evan Burke, again, Program Director at Athlete Soul, a nonprofit organization supporting retiring, retired athletes through their career transition. Again, our show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action and Dream Smart Academy. Powered Fathers in Action, again, you can find out information about what they're doing at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. And also Dream Smart Academy, uh, as they partnered together at dreamsmartacademyoneword.com. So, you know, Evan, we had talked a little bit about, you know, in the last segment, your transition, you know, from, you know, where you started as a football coach and where it took you to the NFL and so right now, like, you know, where, you know, you kind of, your, your career evolved from there. You made these other transitions and you did this through your perseverance, your power of networking. Talk about a little bit about your involvement with esports and then how that evolved into where you are today at Athlete Soul. Sure. So I know we had talked previously about, about two, early 2018 had been kind of referenced to exploring esports for the first time. And as I told you, I didn't know anything about it, but this led me on a journey to start reaching out to people and having meetings. And again, Chris, I know we've talked about this before, but like one of my passions was the team building aspect uh, and, and the leadership development aspect of, of being involved with football teams and with the potential to do that with other companies, other businesses, and then explore that in the esports world, it became very clear through my conversations and meetings in 2018 that there was a definite need for the things that I wanted to do. And these are, you know, specific things around basic communication skills, um, how to lead effective meetings, building the right culture within your team, you know, in esports, especially professional esports, these are a lot of young people. Uh, it's a very different world than traditional sports. You know, traditional sports, we start playing when we're six, eight years old, and we're, we're used to having teammates, we're used to having coaches. Esports is still very young. So these, these uh, athletes, these uh, gamers and the coaches, they don't have a lot of experience being on teams. So um, started to kind of put together leadership training packages, um, and then ended up working with one of the professional teams here in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Gladiators, really working as a leadership coach. And I worked specifically with the head coach, the coaching staff, and the team executives uh, in terms of building that, that great culture uh, and, w- and winning culture for their team. So that was really great. And, you know, that actually led me to, you know, having a lot more speaking opportunities and I was actually at a networking event probably about a year ago. Um, and, you know, networking events sometimes can be really great for connecting with people. Sometimes they get a bad rap, but I think it has a lot to do with your personality and kind of like your mm-hmm. mentality going into those meetings. If you're not looking for something from somebody, it's a lot easier to make a connection. And listen, you're not going to be best friends with everybody you network with or you meet for a coffee. And that's quite all right. You're just looking for the ones that really kind of align with your values. And I met somebody at that meeting. Her name is Miriam Glez, and she had just founded uh, Athlete Soul. 
which as you, as you pointed out, really helps athletes through their retirement, um, post-retirement, in transitioning in to that next phase of their life. And so as we started to develop a relationship and a friendship, just was really, um, I really identified with, with what she was trying to do, obviously, because I'd been going through it myself multiple times and um, really just wanted to help her. So, you know, again, uh, it was not something where I was looking for something from her. I was looking to help her and give her something. And um, this really just kind of started us working together just as friends. Um, and then in the last six months here have come on full time as the program director here at Athlete Soul. So just kind of, it's interesting how, you know, things kind of show up in your life. And I think being, being very open to those opportunities and, and kind of, uh, conditioning yourself to be aware of those opportunities as well. There's opportunities all over the place for all of us. Um, and like you said earlier, sometimes we maybe have some limiting beliefs that prevent us from pursuing these, these opportunities. So I think also being open to some of these opportunities led me directly to those next experiences. And so I was really fortunate to be introduced to Miriam and, and get a chance to work with her on a day-to-day basis. No, that is wonderful. And I've, you know, I've read up on Athlete Soul and all the great things you're doing, and there's such a need for this right now with uh, professional athletes that are making this transition or have made the transition or, or, or in the process. And you are right on, you know, again, it's what it's your attitude when you're out there networking. You know, you, you should be going to these things with no expectations. You go there to give without expectation, but yet receive without resistance. A t- term I always like to use. And it seems like again, you went there, you know, to give. You know, what can I do to, you know, help somebody? Where can I make a connection? And yet, what ended up happening, you also received. And yet, when it seemed that it aligned with your values your, you know, your strengths, you know, it, it just, it was the, the right time, you know, to make that transition. And again, you know, if you, you kind of go into it with a cluttered mindset and you're kind of shut down and you, you're focused, you got, you know, one way thinking those opportunities are right in front of you, but you don't, you never see them. You're like blind to them. And so yeah. true. And I, so, you know, talk a little bit about like, you know, if you were giving some advice to the people listening, you know, to this show and those that'll be listening later on demand, you know, again, when you're networking, you know, again, what, what, why it's so important to, you know, just go there to connect, go there to connect. Yes, you can have an, a, an objective and all that, but nonetheless, you're there to connect. Talk about that just to reinforce that from your perspective to someone that, you know, that just for some reason has had bad luck or bad experiences with networking. Sure. So, you know, I'm somebody who I, I'm very, uh, relationship driven. So relationships are incredibly important to me. And I've always been very conscious of the people that I surround myself with and, and been very fortunate with some of the people that I've met. But you, you said it a moment ago, uh, Chris, just in terms of being open to new opportunities and kind of like, you know, for those that have maybe not had success in their networking, I can tell you specifically something that changed for me. This happened in my football career. I would show up. They have a national convention every January for all the coaches in college football. And you can imagine thousands and thousands of coaches descending on Orlando or Anaheim or Nashville. <laughs> and uh, obviously very intense environments, very intense people. Uh, and, and I remember I was going early on in my career to like get a job. I was going to like connect. And I think that you give off that energy 
when that is your mentality. And I think that one of the things that changed was that I stopped going with a purpose of connecting or like finding a job. And I went to go to learn and do the things that I wanted to do. And as a result, I would meet those type of people. And I've met some of my closest friends just randomly sitting next to them uh, at like maybe um, a speech that was going to be given by a football coach and just started a conversation that bled into the, um, that bled into the hallway that lasted three hours. Right. And I think like being open to doing at those networking events, what it is that you want and not being so, uh, results oriented in terms of getting a job or getting the right connection. So I think trying to establish that genuine connection is really, really important, especially when we're talking about networking. And I think the other thing is being authentic and being genuine. Mm, yeah. uh, in terms of my networking, I'm really big on, I really want to learn about that person. Um, there's other people that I can go to that are close to me to talk about me and talk about what I'm doing. But like when I'm reaching out to somebody specifically, if it's like a VIP or a CEO, or maybe it's like a team executive, I don't need to sit there and tell them my story. I don't need to sit there and tell them uh, about how I got my job in the NFL. I want to learn about them. I want to learn about what their challenges are. Maybe if it's like maybe a personal connection, maybe I dig a little deeper and try and understand what failures happened in their career that led them to where they are, I'm really focused on them. And I think that genuine interest in them, it just naturally makes people drawn to you. And I think that that's a really big thing. You know, one of my favorite books is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I just think that that was such an incredibly vital book in terms of my development and understanding different ways to connect to people. So I think being authentic, being yourself, um, and then also having the genuine interest to learn about the person that you're going there to meet or that you just meet uh, by chance at some of these events. So, so true. So, so true. I, I think it's great. And, you know, we have about less than four minutes to the show. I just wanted to spend about a minute, you know, maybe a minute and a half. Evan, if you could just talk about while, you know, you're there to connect, you know, maybe it's okay to have a plan. And, you know, to have a plan, you know, depending upon where, you know, what networking events you want to go to. But again, not going there just to talk about you. You go there to give and just know that when you give without expectation, you receive without resistance. Talk about like if you think, you know, if from your perspective, if, you know, having some type of a plan around that, you know, could also help to make sure that at least you're going to the right places to the best of your knowledge. Totally. And I, and I can tell you, just going back to my NFL story, uh, one of the things I left out was I had written those 500 handwritten letters. And when I went to the Senior Bowl, the Senior Bowl is this college all-star game they have in, um, I think it's uh, late January, early February, I had a top 10 list. So I had a top 10 list of, of the 500 people I had written that I wanted to meet when I was there. So I had like set very specific goals for myself that I just wanted to get in front of these people and shake their hand. And, um, you know, I would see them in the stands at a practice and I would literally wait 45 minutes just to like run down at the moment they stood up at the end of practice and introduce myself. I crossed somebody, uh, again, I was living in Dallas at the time. He worked for the Houston Texans. I walked up to him. I told him I was going to be in Houston the next week and I wanted to come by and meet him. Uh, 
definitely had no plans to go to Houston, but I figured why not just throw that out there? And uh, that individual ended up emailing me the following week on a Wednesday evening saying he had uh, 15 minutes the next morning at 10 o'clock. So <laughs> made the made the five-hour drive down to Houston and stayed with my cousin for that meeting. But I think like that can be very powerful in, in terms of like knowing what you want from them. And again, I know it's all about giving and, and what you give will grow. But when we're talking about getting a job or really kind of having that perseverance or persistence, it's okay to, to have a little bit of a plan and maybe have a top yep. 10 list of people that you specifically want to connect with and knowing specifically why you want to connect with them. Absolutely. I, I, I can't thank you enough, Evan, that you have shared so much valuable information from your experience about persistence, perseverance, and the power of networking. And again, the people listening here and those that will be listening later will be receiving so much value. Thank you. And I want to let the audience know where can they find you and find you know and what you're up to you know in the next uh, six months. Sure. So uh, you can find me on social media, any social media channel at Coach Evan Burke, E V A N B U R K. Um, and then you can also find me on the Athlete Soul website, athletesoul.space. And um, my information is on there. Feel free to reach out anytime. Um, and, and so those are just probably the two best ways to connect with me. Wow, that's great. So, again, we, we highly encourage you to you know, reach out to, you know, to Evan again, you know, you don't have to necessarily just be an athlete. Again, there are so many other things that, you know, that Evan could help you with in terms of where you're going in terms of networking. He's also obviously well experienced in leadership development. So again, tap into his knowledge, get to know him, reach out to him on social media. Again, we'll have all of, uh, Evan's contact information here uh, at this show here on the Voice American Influencers channel, as well as on our Sustainable Success 2017 page. With that being said, Evan, thank you so much again for taking time out of your valuable day. And audience, we want to thank you each and every week uh, for making the show what it is. And it's all about you. And we will continue to come back with leading experts in their areas of specialty to share their wisdom, insight, and mentorship to help you be the best in what, why you do what you do in your business and personal life. Till next Thursday, have a great rest of your week and weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.